0: to our show this morning where we talked a lot about some of the things that were in the news. But uh, why are they in the news? Why are these things that are happening? I saw uh, someone on Facebook had posted a picture of Doc Brown and uh, and uh, Back to the Future where he's sitting in his future time machine and he's saying, First rule, never set it for the year 2020. <laughs> so I guess that means... This year is so crazy, you don't want to come to the world in 2020. Well, it is pretty crazy. It's actually been crazy for a long time, but people haven't realized that because most people are a part of that craziness. You know, a lot of people think they're Christians and they're not actually Christians. Uh, they're under a strong delusion, uh, they have actually become merchandise collateral for debt and curse their children with more and more, more, more and more and more and more debt. Trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars have been added in debt to their children uh, in the United States alone just in the last couple of months because of the flu. And uh, the repercussions for this coronavirus will go on for probably decades. And uh, maybe even generations. Because there will be tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people die. Not because of the coronavirus, but because of the shutdown. That's right. Hundreds of thousands of children will die because of the shutdown. If you count the 7 billion people in the world. People are failing uh, to make enough to live on. In countries all over the world because it is a global shutdown. Actually, many businesses are doing booming business and doing really good. And it's amazing to find out who's really doing good. But there's an awful lot of people that are hurting. But the problem is, is that most of you don't care about those people that you're hurting with the shutdown. You only care about you being safe. Or pretending to be the savior of others because you forced to shut down. Which is one of the greatest, most massive experiments in immunology since the beginning of time. The idea that you shut down the entire economy of a planet. Except for a few isolated people that aren't quite as stupid as the average person on the street. It says, no, we shouldn't shut down. Now, there were a lot of people realizing that we shouldn't shut down. A lot of epidemiologists who were saying that we shouldn't da- shut down. And they were actually the kind that figure out what the model should look like for a particular disease. They do this. We have a couple of videos up. Uh, well, one particular one by Kurt. And I won't try his last name. But uh, brilliant, brilliant epidemiologist. Spent his life designing these models, said that the models that they picked, which were in the minority of models that were being produced, were clearly overstating the situation. There was no evidence to come up with the idea that millions of people in America would die. It came out of uh, two universities actually produced those predictions. and, And who funded those universities, who was behind getting certain people into place in those universities, I mean, funded them to the tune of hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars, well, that's a conspiracy theory that you can explore for yourself. It doesn't really matter. The problem isn't the fact that there are multi-millionaires, billionaires, that are influencing what the world is doing, who have actually stated that they want the world's population reduced drastically reduced, they're not the problem. Evil has always been around. Evil has always wanted to exercise power and control over the world. And if you get enough power and control over the world, they might actually get power and control over the planet. What's the difference between the world and the planet? Well, the world is not a part of the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is not a part of the world. Because Jesus said, these are those who I have taken out of the world, who are not to be of the world, but they can be in the world. What's he talking about? He's talking about those constitutional orders and systems of government that shut down the economy of the entire planet and didn't even have to call out the National Guard to do it. They just told everybody, hide, hide, quick, the sky is falling. No, coronavirus is coming. And everybody ran inside. Now, we were publishing way back on day one that there was no evidence that this virus was as lethal as they were saying. The very first analysis that came out of the very first closed study where they had a whole captive group of over a thousand people, not a cross-section of society, but elderly people, the most vulnerable from this virus, showed that it had a very low death rate. Then that most people would have little to no symptoms. Like one doctor said, you know what you call someone who is asymptomatic? You call them a healthy person. Somebody who has a robust immune system. Uh, he was actually tested for the coronavirus with a PCR test. And he said he did not test positive, that he, he didn't have it. Well, a PCR test is telling you you did not have it in that moment. It doesn't mean you did not have it. He understands that. Your newsmen don't understand that, and therefore you don't understand that because you weren't told the truth. We told you the truth from the beginning. You can go back. We have audios on our page at preparing you, and you can read the page, and uh we, you can see the audios that are all there, and you can see we were telling you from the beginning that something else was going on. Doctors now are seeing that something else is going. Some of the doctors. Some are blinded by the vanity of their office, by the power that people give them. But even some of them are beginning to disagree. I was talking to somebody who was at meetings with doctors, and the doctors were all disagreeing about what the solution, outcome, where we're going. Because they've, they've like I said, Mark Twain once said, it is easier to fool somebody than to convince the person that they are fooled. I always told the story and some people like it when I was in the military and, uh, I was, had KP duty, so I'm working in the kitchen and they had guys coming through to get their meals through the mess hall and they were dishing up and they had pancakes. This is the only time I ever saw pancakes in the military. I wasn't in the military a real long time, but the only time I ever saw pancakes. And somebody had a bowl of Crisco, metal bowl of Crisco, on a, on a hot, uh, skillet where he was cooking pancakes and he cooked eggs too. And, uh, he had that sitting there with a ladle in it. And it was close to the line rather than close to where his right arm is. And people were coming through the line and I knew it was grease from Crisco grease that he put on the pan to fry things in. This, you know, flat, Tabletop uh, heating uh, top, and people saw it and they said, "Oh, is that syrup?" And he wouldn't say anything. And I saw a couple of people. You know, I'm doing something else, but I, out of the corner of my eye, I saw him take up a scoop and put it on his pancakes, And I said, "That's not syrup. That's Crisco. He, he's frying stuff uh, in that." And they just put it on the left. And you know, they'd already put it on. And the next guy came, and I was telling him, "No, that's not syrup. That's that's Crisco." But people wanted syrup, and there was no syrup. I don't know where all the syrup went to if we even had it. But they kept, you know, guy after guy would scoop up a ladle of that and put it on his pancakes. And then you have to leave the mess hall and you go out to another mess hall. That's the way it was set up at this particular fort. And when you, it was cold outside, so that Crisco was probably turning white. Before he got across the way. Well I'm actually on a keto diet. So it wouldn't have bothered me. But they were going to be sadly disappointed. When guy sat down and found out. It wasn't Aunt Jemima's maple syrup. (laughs) It was grease. That's what they had poured on their pancakes. But you couldn't convince them. You would tell them right out. And they would look at him. And he wouldn't say a thing. He just smiled and looked back at him. He wouldn't say anything. He knew it was Crisco. And it, it, I don't know if it was an experiment or what, but they would not. They wanted to believe that it was served, so they put it on. And that's what people are doing with Christianity. They go to church, and it, seemed, it's, it tastes sweet, and they think that, that he's reading the Bible. He went to a college. He went to a university. You know, all the guys who came out with these ridiculous multi-millions of victims dying from covid in the United States. Went to college. They're all professors. They're all epidemiologists. The other ep- epidemiologists. Who were saying no it's not. It's going to have 50,000. Maybe 100,000 deaths. Now supposedly they're talking 60 or 80,000 deaths so far. But we know the numbers are not accurate. We know they, they cannot be accurate. I I had an epidemiologist saying. He was looking at the New York numbers. He said. Nowhere else in the world are the numbers like they are in New York. We know they sat right up there in, in Washington D.C. and said that anybody who might have COVID, <laughs> might have COVID and dies, it will be listed as a COVID death. We've never done that with the flu. We've never done anything like that with flu. It's not a flu death if he has a heart attack and he's, uh, diabetic and obese. And he's had two legs already amputated, and, and he dies. You don't say he died of the flu. He died of obesity and diabetes. <laughs> That's, diabetes obesity is gonna kill more people. I saw a guy working for the news people, and he was holding the boom, and he got a picture of him in the camera, and I thought that guy's wearing a literal gas mask. It looked like a World War One gas gas mask. But, you know, I had the goggles and the and the big uh, respirator thing hanging down. And I thought, like, my goodness, this guy is paranoid. I know other guys who I always thought were pretty brave guys. They wouldn't even come out of their house. They wouldn't even open up the door to talk to you. They would talk to you through the door because they're so afraid. It isn't that contagious it isn't that dangerous most people recover the vast majority of people recover most people barely even have symptoms so anyway we said that over and over again but it, it it bears repeating because it is really hard to convince people that they have been fooled so anyway on facebook i put a number of things up on facebook in the last uh couple of weeks because i see these stories i just put up a ben swan uh story on Facebook, and uh, if you're on my Facebook page, Gregory Williams Facebook, and hisholychurch.org. Now, I don't put all these things up on his Holy Church uh, Facebook page. It wouldn't be his Holy. We have a his Holy Church Facebook page, but we put a lot of stuff up. But on my personal Facebook page, I, I've shared a lot of these reports that have been coming out on a pretty regular basis. In my activities, uh, one guy, uh, sent one of these deals, that guy I actually personally know, he actually doesn't live very far away from me, and, uh, he, he put up a, th- a thing, you know, that included taxation and theft, cause you, you know, everything, you know, what makes, uh, sexual intercourse not rape, well, consent. And what makes, uh, taking money, uh, not robbery, uh, consent. And he says, what makes uh, taxes, uh, lawful and it's supposedly, well, pixie dust. No, it's actually consent. And you have consented. And we explain that in the book Covenants of God. So anyway, I sent him a page that we have it preparing you. Is taxation theft or is taxation justice when you have not been just? And you have not been just because you have desired benefits at the expense of your neighbor. So you ended up in serious. Serious taxation position. And we talked about that this morning, that you're back in the bondage of Egypt. It's worse than the bondage of Egypt. In bondage of Egypt, you only had to pay 20%. But people were actually aborting their children. Because you had to pay 20% per person in your household. That sounds strange. But you had to pay 20% of your labor, which would be one-fifth of your labor for every child in your household. So if you had two or three children, you were working all the time for the government and had hardly any time to support your children. And wealthy people could do this. Well, You know, I knew families in China during the one-child policy had almost, well, more than a half a dozen children. But he was wealthy in communist China. He was wealthy because he was a great organizer, a great business operator, and he had a huge business that was making all kinds of things. And so, therefore, he they let him have more children. And he never signed the one-child contract. So, one of the things I mentioned in the, in the book, Covenants of the Gods. The one-child contract. That's pretty clear. You have one child. You get all these extra benefits. Communists are more honest about it than Americans. You... You decide to have a second child. Now they come and they can take back all those benefits, which many of them you've already used up. So now you're in debt. Neither take back and devastate you, so you actually become totally impoverished and in debt to the to uh, the government. Or you abort that child. That's the one-child contract. And they did that for a long time. Now they've kind of lifted that. But they're still totalitarian. What I'm worried about is the fact that all of my neighbors are becoming totalitarian too. Now they've been that way for a long time, but it's becoming obsessively unbelievable. Anybody sending their kids to public school is forcing their neighbors, the little old lady down the road, uh, the old guy who's barely got enough to live on, Uh, who may have all kinds of medical bills and everything else, they're forcing him to pay for that school through property tax. And they think that's okay. They're robbing widows and orphans uh, in order to have their free education. And they just make a disconnect where they don't want to see that, that they're doing that. And everybody says it's okay, so it must be okay. You know, it's kind of like the toilet paper run. Everybody was lined up buying toilet paper, and the newsman asked one guy, why are you buying toilet paper? And he said, everybody else is. <laughs> there you go, the American mentality. The logos is logical. So I put up a number of... Elon Musk said, uh, you know, give us our freedom back. Uh, put up an exclusive interview with uh, the Dr. Dan Erickson with... Uh, Ben Swan, which is a pretty good interview. Don't know how long they're going to stay there. They've taken off uh, the Dr. Erickson's uh, original, what he originally had a press conference and shared what he thought was going to be his local station. It's going to be three minutes on the evening news, and that would be it. And somebody uploaded it to the Internet, and 10 million views later, he's spending more time on... On uh, conference calls with uh, other doctors, e- other epidemiologists, and a whole lot of news people, but YouTube doesn't want you to hear anything he says, so they can keep taking it off. If you go to our coronavirus page, we have his full-length original interview, and uh, it. And we may put some more up, um, but we have it because we got it from a site that does not is not YouTube. So another site that is not censoring put it up. Now that site has all kinds of <laughs> interviews that, uh, YouTube doesn't, uh, wouldn't put up. And I, I wouldn't want to put up either. But, uh, actually I, I, I know a way in which you could have something like YouTube and it could be self-policing. Uh, you don't necessarily shut people down, but you have people that end up, you know, people that you, can prove that they have good opinions and they're smart and everything, and this could be a variety of people because a variety of people would determine that. It's not a top-down, single-leader top-down. Would say, yeah, this person is crazy or this person is wacko or this information is false, but you create it so that it's an actual debate where somebody presents information, you know, uh, like uh, uh, Mikovits, uh Judy Mikovitz. PhD, scientist, studied epidemiology and viruses and uh, and human genome and all the stuff. She was an expert in this field, won all kinds of awards and accolades for her work. And then she suddenly decided that a great deal of the cancers that we are now experiencing in America, which are virtually a plague compared to the way that they were a 100 years ago or 75 years ago, Came about because of the original polio vaccine. There were scientists. I've seen the interviews with these scientists. I've seen the testimony of these scientists. I've read the congressional record that has the testimony of uh, Salk himself. They were using rhesus monkeys that evidently passed on a different virus. That, uh, that got into the human body and could actually be passed on by humans. And it is breaking down our immune system against cancers. And so now we're seeing all types of cancers we never saw before. And it is the direct result of vaccinations. And the, the scientists that prove this are attacked. And the scientists who speak out are stomped on and arrested and, you know, just like, uh, we just had the, uh, General Flynn, I think it was, uh, uh, who the FBI went after, agents of the FBI went after, set him up, tried to create a charge against them to get, to get him fired, or even send him to jail. It was a plot. You know, you could follow almost anybody in America if they were going outside. <laughs> and they were going outside. And you can find something that they should be arrested for within, you know, a good cop could find you. If you're driving down the road, he could follow you. He could find a good way to give you a ticket within minutes. Within minutes. Because everybody is breaking the law. Nobody knows all the laws. So, the I say a good cop. Somebody who knows the law. They could do this. So, anyway, we have an article of polio vaccine and cancer and the link between them. And we have a number of videos that take you step by step through the process enough so that the average guy can begin to understand. They talk about the S V forty and and the P fifty three, the protein fifty three and how it works in the body. But it tries to put it in the simplest of terms and there's probably several hours of audios and videos on the page where you can actually track and find out what really is going on. Vaccines are not our salvation. But they're planning on forcing vaccines eventually. And people are trying to think that they'll get up in arms and do something about it. But the problem is that people are not doing what Christ said. They aren't really Christians. They are taxed. They're back in the bondage of Egypt. They want to believe that they're in a free country. They're, they're Actually, people are complaining to members of the government, uh, local government, that they're that they should, you know, grow a pair and get us set free so we can go back to work. <laughs> they are idiots. If somebody else sets you free, you are not free. <laughs> you know, Christ came to set you free. But if you don't do what Christ said, you're not going to be free. I mean, Christ didn't come to save everybody. He came that everyone might be saved. Because he died on the cross doesn't make you saved. If you're not doing what Christ said to do, then you're probably, and if you're actually a worker of iniquity, then you're not saved. You're one of those people that he talks about, Christ talks about, when he says, You know, why call me Lord and you don't keep my commandments? I'm not your Lord if you're not keeping my commandments. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. He said that. If you're not keeping the commandments, including thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's goods, even through men who exercise authority, maybe especially through men who exercise authority, then you're not following Christ. You don't really love Christ because you're not keeping his commandments. And you can say this about 80% of the Christians out there. Now some of them are having a change of heart because of what I talked about this morning is that God is writing upon their hearts and upon their minds and they're beginning to wake up. And if this coronavirus shutdown is not one of the things that wakes you up, then the next thing that comes, which is a, a crashed and devastated economy and runaway inflation, may not come. You may see prosperity before that comes, but it's coming. You cannot go down this road without going down that road. (laughs) And the farther you go down that road, the longer it is the way back. As somebody just said, it's time for us to move forward. Well, I said, make sure you turn around first because we've been going the wrong direction for about a 100 years. And I could probably add even more to that. It just depends on, you know, we've been going the wrong way for a long time. We have become accustomed so living at the expense of others and depending for our livelihood on the property of others. That's like free school, free health care, free fire departments, free police. We have volunteer fire departments. We have two volunteer fire departments here. One is a rural fire department that is uh, supposed to put out fires that are, you know, raging through the sagebrush, and, et cetera, and threatening homes. But we have another volunteer fire department that is supposed to deal with structures. That one used to do both. Now we have... And the volunteer fire department we have has, you know, I don't know how many trucks it has, lots of trucks, big trucks. They're all military trucks they got that were gonna be dumped and people were saying, come and get them. They're just taking them and they took them and they rebuilt engines and they fixed things and they put stuff on them and, uh, and equipped them and painted them. And, uh, they're pretty impressive, these things that these, these are the, Trucks that can, you know, they got bulletproof tires and armor plating. <laughs> and they can, they can drive over almost anything. That's, uh, and last year they put out so many fires. I mean, that's the thing is that, you know, these fires could have all got out of control and they put them out. All volunteers. All volunteers. That is going to change the nature of your society. But it has to go beyond the fire department used to be if somebody was worried about being robbed, they would call their neighbor. We still get into trouble. Instead of calling 911, we actually call the guy who's going to show up for 911 because we know him. <laughs> so he says you're supposed to go through the dispatch. I says, yeah, but we've got to tell you quicker. Anyway, we do it ourselves. We don't even have 911 24 hours a day. <laughs> if the 911 guy goes home, you can call 911 and nobody answers. <laughs> We're pretty primitive out here. But it's made us self-sufficient. You have to choose a way that makes you self-sufficient. Like we've said, you know, the Kate Brown is not the legal governor of Oregon. But everybody treats her like she is. And she's just says she's going to keep the shutdown for another month or more. uh, yeah more than a month going to add to the shutdown even though all the evidence is there's no reason to shut down that we should open back up and it's going to cause more deaths than it's already caused you have no idea how many deaths it's already caused in Oregon alone you'd be surprised how many deaths direct deaths that this has caused to say nothing of all the trauma the alcohol, the depression, the anxiety the uh, loss of livelihood that people are suffering, you don't care about that. The news don't care about that. They just, coronavirus, coronavirus, coronavirus. You need, the churches don't even care about that. You know, because they're all, Romans 13 says we have to obey the government, which Romans 13 says, does not say that. Romans 13 says very clearly, we have articles that prove this beyond a shadow of a doubt. Now, like I said, It's easier to fool somebody than to convince them that they've already been fooled. And I know people like Chuck Baldwin and his son, who, you know, they wrote a book about Romans 13. And a lot of what they said in their book was right. But their interpretation of Romans 13 is flat out wrong. And I had him on the show. We have the recording. I had the son on the show. It is not right. It is flat out incorrect. And what is right is what the word is actually translated as. But it is so different than what you've commonly heard that people cannot accept it because it means you've been fooled. And their pride keeps them from admitting they've been fooled. Romans 13 says, Let every man remain subject to the higher liberty. Because all liberty is of God, and there is no liberty but of God. And anyone who opposes liberty opposes God. That's what Romans 13 actually says, because that's the words in the Greek. That's what they mean. But the guys who translated the King James Bible, they weren't going to translate it that way. They get their tongue cut out too, like Tyndale did, and burned at the stake, like Tyndale did when he translated for the king. They didn't want that put in there. Because people were starting to understand that you had to take care of one another to faith, hope, and charity if you were going to be practicing pure, pure religion. Now, back then, the king didn't have all these welfare programs that we see today. That's how you've been conquered, by your covetous practices. And when you've applied for the benefits, everything from Social Security to free education for your kids or take care of my parents or any of those things... You bind yourself in a process of consent. You should not be doing that. You should have been doing what Christ said, what John the Baptist said, what all the apostles said, what Peter warned you against, you did. You coveted your neighbor's goods, the agency of men who exercise authority. Yeah, yeah, I publish that kind of stuff. I repeat that kind of stuff all the time. So what are you going to do about it? How are you going to change things? How are you going to make it better? You can get politically active, I don't care. You can go out there and vote, try to vote in somebody who's not quite as crazy as the people you have in power now. But if you were doing, if all the Christians were doing what Christ actually said to do, what he commanded us to do, if they were actually real practicing Christians instead of just coming in his name, but not knowing not what he said to do and not doing what he said to do, Kate Brown wouldn't be sitting in the office of governor. She wouldn't be passing executive orders. You wouldn't be depending on public education. You wouldn't be dependent on national health care. You would be the most prosperous organ state in the whole of the United States. You would be. But you're not doing what Christ said. And all those Christians out there are people claiming to be Christians are not doing it. And they don't want to do it because they don't want to admit that they have been fooled. They are proud. They are vain souls. Now, that could change in a minute. Any one of you could change right now. I have to say this because I know what's coming. Because you won't admit that you're not really practicing Christianity. You don't really believe in the real Jesus, you believe in a Jesus made up by theologians and so-called Bible scholars? Why? How many scholars did Christ have amongst his apostles? It doesn't appear that there were very many. And the one that they finally got, Paul, was a scholar. He said that everything he learned before was dung. <laughs> Well, I went to St. Joseph's College. I studied and, uh, pretty good at times. Uh, you know, I mean, I had a problem with, uh, you know, I was very dyslexic. And I had a pretty good memory. I had tremendous reading comprehension, but I read really slow. And uh, because my brain, when I'm reading, I'm, I'm connecting every phrase, sometimes every word, with other words. Because I know words have multiple meanings. And I don't think in words. I I think in ideas. I have to translate what I'm thinking into words. It's always been a, a a burden, but it's also given me a strength that I can see when I read things, also the guidance of the Holy Spirit, which everybody this is what I want you to seek is that Holy Spirit. If you sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands, if you actually do what the early church was doing, start taking care of one another through faith, hope, and charity, start laying down your life daily for one another, it doesn't mean send me money necessarily, it means to start caring about and sacrificing in a Corbin that will make the word of God to effect, you will have more revelation. You will see more. Another power, another spirit, another authority, another liberty. Because that same word liberty is translated power and authority. But it actually means liberty. It is the strongest word in the Greek language for liberty. It is stronger than uh, eletheria. And uh, people don't want to translate It's translated liberty elsewhere in the Bible. But there they want to do it. They, they Actually in some Bibles they say... Let it remain, remain subject to the government. Because <laughs> all government of, is of God, and there is no government but of God. <laughs> oh, well, folks, that ain't the case. Uh, was Hitler of God? <laughs> was Mao Zedong of God? Was Stalin of God? Is Trump of God for all you hate Trump? No, the, Trump's just Trump. And Mao is just Mao. And don't go blaming the, what they do on God. God didn't put them there. You put them there. You put them there because you wanted somebody who would exercise the power. The same as you put Saul as king. And Samuel said, you know, if you want a king, this is what you're going to get. He's going to take and take and take and take and take your best fields and take your jobs and take your children. And... And when you cry out, I'm not even going to hear you. Why? Because you're not being the government of the people for the people and by the people. You want to elect somebody else and they go and set you free. No, it does not work that way. Christ knew it didn't work that way. John the Baptist knew it didn't work that way. Moses knew it. Elijah knew it. Gideon knew it. The problem is you don't know it. And your preachers aren't telling you. They're saying, oh, no, go to the government if you need anything. Just come to church and tie it to me. And then your preachers are living in million-dollar mansions. And, and you have to go to the government, and you get shut down in a minute, and you're not free. You're eating at the tribal trough of the kings and rulers of the world. You're eating at their table. You're eating the thing meat sacrificed to those idols. Those gods many. Because you're not practicing real Christianity. So anyway, I wanted to talk to you today about right reason. And I mentioned it a little bit this morning. And you can see Second 2 Peter 2.2 2, And many shall follow their pernicious ways, which is the ways of covetousness, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. What's the way of truth? Taking care of one another through faith, hope, and charity, rather than force, fear, and fealty. That's how you are to take care. That's pure religion. If you're depending upon the constitutional orders of government that force the contributions of the people, those men who call themselves benefactors, to obtain any benefits whatsoever, you are not practicing pure religion. Now, pure religion is a goal. It's going to take some time for you to get to that point. But you're running out of time. So you need to go that other way. So we see lots of problems in the world trying to convince people on Facebook and in the world that they've been fooled. Because their pride gets in the way. And it doesn't seem that facts matter too much because their pride gets in the way. Their selfishness gets away. Their me first gets in the way. So anyway, I, I put together this page. I'll probably keep, keep building on it, but I talk about the age of reason, and there's a link to an article we have on the age of reason. Men saw natural law as a product of right reason, or maybe right reason, I should put that around, is a product, uh, uh, the, the nat, uh, right reason is a product of the natural law. Because the natural law was put into place by the creator, that de, intelligent designer that put everything together. And even atheists, epidemiologists are beginning to think, when they look at the complexity of the human cell alone, much less the whole human body, they're beginning to think that this is not just random chemical reactions. It cannot be. that The statistical model is impossible to calculate. Millions of years won't do it. The, the stability of life on Earth is unbelievable. The eccentricities and complexities of the human immune system alone is is far beyond all the complexities that are, are involved in mar, modern pharmaceuticals. Your body can produce more chemicals and compounds and messages and immune protection than all the pharmaceutical companies together. But you won't let your body work as God meant it. Because you're making the word of God, the logos of God, to none effect. You're doing that because you're not following the ways of Christ. And I explained a little bit of that this morning. But, also, many argued that this, that this right reason... And natural law are properties of divine law. They actually say divine law is right reason. Right reason is divine law. I mean, even the Catholic Church was admitting that centuries and centuries ago. So, what is right reason? How do you use right reason? What is right reason? Or are there other ways to convince you in an argument? Well, there's a thing called ethos. Or the ethical appeal means to convince an audience of the author's credibility or character. Okay, well, you know, what, you know, this is, this is the kind of thing you might get from some of the atheist arguing uh, intellectuals. Is that what's ethical? What is going to promote uh, life? A better life for me and for others around me. Obviously, if I help others and promote a good life for them, that's beneficial to can be beneficial to me. So I have a certain ethical incentive to do what's right by others, so that they will do right by me. Well, the key interest in that particular line of ethos or ethos is is that it's hope that drives that ethos. That it's ethical. That it, it promotes you. And then there's pathos, or the emotional appeal. Means to persuade an audience by appealing to their emotions. Well of course the first thing that comes to mind when I, I think of that is Mark Anthony's soliloquy concerning Caesar. Pray Caesar not to bury him, or whatever. <laughs> I can't remember how he put the whole speech. I was, thought I'd be able to just remember but I draw a blank at it right now, but, but he turns the whole crowd. You know, but Caesar was an ambitious man, you know. He did all these things, but Caesar... And he was actually, by the time they... They didn't want him to talk. And then they let him talk. And then halfway through, they realized, hey, wait a minute, he's turning the crowd against us. (laughs) And, of course, the reason Caesar was killed was because he was supposedly ending the Republic. Yeah, But the demise of the Republic had begun over a 100 years before. And it was, and what was killing it? It was because the people were becoming accustomed to living at the expense of others and depending for their livelihood on the property of others. And this was degenerating the people so that they could not think straight. They could be emotionalized and driven here and there like sheep. I'm an expert on driving sheep. I hate to see people driven this way, but that's why way they have chosen because they don't want to see the truth. They don't have the humility to see that they have been fooled. In order to get God to write upon your heart and your mind, you have to realize that stuff written on your heart and mind now ain't so. And you have been fooled. Otherwise, you're going to keep putting grease on your pancakes. (laughs) You need to turn around and think a different way. This is what repentance is, thinking a different way. So, they the pathos, the emotion, fear, fear, fear. There's an emotional uh charge that got everybody hiding in their homes. Now that they're, you know, beating their wives and and yelling at their kids and and uh, actually I heard that the uh the uh hardware store has never sold so much paint before <laughs> as they have during this shutdown. People are going into the hardware store and buying paint. Why is that? Because their <laughs> wives have their husbands home and says, why don't you paint this? Why don't you paint that? You always be, now you have the time to do it. <laughs> and working people want to get stuff done. I still know people who are, you know, they, they talk about essential and non-essential business. Anybody working, chances are, I mean, really working, doing a job, running a business, they're essential. Nobody goes into business to produce something that people don't want. They produce something that people do want. (laughs) But there are businesses that produce pretty valuable things. And their sales went from millions and millions of dollars to just a few hundred thousand dollars. Well, they have to lay off all their employees this is This is the most devastating thing that has ever happened to the economy. We just haven't seen it yet, but it's it, it is not going to go away overnight and It seems like all the Democrats want to keep things closed down. All the Republicans want to open up, but I think that that dichotomy is driven by politics they don't they are men who sought offices of power now yeah, they think about people a little bit they they care about people, and i 'm not going to completely condemn them. But the reality is they have searched for an office of power. And that's what you get when you create offices of power, which is why Samuel said don't create offices of power, Why Deuteronomy said don't create offices of power. And if you do, limit the power with these five, five basic precepts, which we have gone over in the book Contracts, Covenants, and Constitutions. None of which, are one is a little bit, but nobody pays attention to it, is in the Constitution of the United States. So it's missing the four basic precepts, four of the five basic precepts that are required for a godly constitution are not in the U.S. Constitution. But your preachers aren't teaching you that. We do. We've got whole audios and everything that explain it in great detail. But if you don't know what I'm talking about, then you're some of those ignorant people and are probably easily fooled. The more the Holy Spirit comes into you, the less you'll be fooled. But it has to be the real Holy Spirit and not the pathos Holy Spirit, the emotional Holy Spirit. So anyway, then there's the other argument, logos, or appeals to logic, means to convince an audience by use of logic or reason, e.g. right reason, e.g. divine law. So everything that is... Not right reason is a fallacy now, there's more things that they use, but let's just go with that uh, and I'll put the others up at another time i'm I'm looking at uh I'm actually jumping back and forth. I have a bunch of notes. I wonder if I should go to that i I didn't put in the commercial break, but I just don't have time but anyway, there's all kinds of formal and informal fallacies it's all on the page that we have logic. And it's not the only ones, but they categorize these like ad hominem, straw man, appeals to ignorance, false dilemmas, uh, slippery slope fallacy, circular reasoning, hasty generalization, and, and, uh, red herrings fallacy. There's several others here, I didn't, uh, highlight them all, but, uh, correlation fallacies, uh, and you can get lost in all these categories, but there's lots more fallacies than is truth. Which is expressed in the biblical statement, the road is narrow, wide is the road to destruction. There's a lot of things that can fool you, and not very many things that will clarify and make you, uh, understand. But, again, this is what Christ didn't go and talk about all this stuff, he just did basic things. Like you had to repent, think differently, now, instead of thinking in fallacies, you'll think in logic, logos, right reason, according to the law of nature. And you're to seek the kingdom of God, to be ruled by God, not by men. And, of course, one of the things that got you ruled by men is you have made covenants in order to get benefits. You've been numbered so that you can get benefits at the expense of your neighbor through men who exercise authority one over the other, despite the fact that Christ said it was not to be that way with you. That's right there in the text. But it is that way with you. The thing is, i got preachers, i got people who are pretty nice people normally. They just cannot accept it because of the fact they would have to admit that they have been fooled. And they've been fooled by fallacies and by ignoring statements made by Jesus Christ. Directives. Commands, even. Made by Jesus Christ. They ignore it, and because their teachers didn't ignore it. So anyway, talking about coronavirus, connecting that to the story, there there was an article that was put up. Somebody sent it to me, and I, I read it, and I, I immediately wrote back. It's a hit piece, and because of the fact that there's all this evidence coming out that the, the virus is not not as dangerous as everybody thought. There's not you know millions of people have had it, very small number of deaths. It's like the flu. And, of course, the first thing they say, coronavirus is just like the flu. They say that's a fallacy. They say that that's incorrect. They say country X is heading in the same direction as Italy. She says that's not correct. And she's actually kind of right about that. That's what you do a lot of times is you put some things in that are truth. I think they were talking about Holland. I know people in Holland. Actually, I know people from Italy as well. (laughs) I know people in a lot of places. Italy's problem was multifaceted. Holland doesn't have the same problem that Italy has. It's a different people. For one thing, the Dutch are like six foot something and (laughs) all the Italians are five foot something. Uh, They're not nearly as tall, although there's a lot of tall Italians nowadays, but... The reality is is that uh, they have a lot more older people in Italy. They have a social heavy socialist medical system that gets overburdened rather quickly. Uh, people are actually somewhat afraid to go to the hospitals in Holland because of the euthanasia that they do there. They, they're afraid that elderly people go in there. They, they will just let them die. Um, and you have to run to protect. That's what I get from people who live there. And that if you're... Elderly parents or grandparents are in an accident. You want to get to the hospital right away and demand that they're treated. (laughs) Because if the injuries are too extensive, they just let them die. Uh, That's okay. They've accepted that idea. Not everybody, but that is more popular there than you think. And the other thing she says is half the British population may have already been infected. And she says, you come across these kinds of claims every day, but how many of them are true? So, she's casting a doubt on them being true. She begins with a whole story about a thousand inhabitants. Uh, and says, whereas one in a thousand inhabitants had died every month the previous year, that uh, year's death toll rose to twenty in a thousand. And that was... You know, that year's death toll. So instead of 12 people dying out of a thousand in a month, in a year, because it's one every month, now it was 20. So there was an increase in deaths. And this was the bubonic plague, which was passed on by uh, fleas uh, that were on the rats that were everywhere. So the people said that they were going to have a prayer. They'd all diligently pray pray, and that they would put on a play every ten years uh dedicated to God, uh, you know, a passion play or something. Uh, and lo and behold, they all agreed to that. They all started prayer. And what happened? The plague stopped. It just stopped and everybody who was sick got better. And they... So they've had a play ever since. So she says, so the people prayed, and the plague stopped, and everyone sick got better. The author assumes this is a fallacy. She was already excluded. She has already excluded the power of prayer, hope, and faith. She doesn't believe that there's any metaphysical reality that that hope can actually change the way in which our bodies deal with disease. Because a lot of people were bit by fleas, but they didn't all get the plague. Why? Because there's a natural immunity. I know people who've had similar diseases to the plague. It's actually connected to the plague, tularemia. And they got better. And they're probably now immune to tularemia. (laughs) That's the way the body works. It's a miracle. No, it's the way God designed it. It works. But she says that's a fallacy. No, that's not a fallacy. That, that's, it, it is a correlation that they have correlated the fact that it stopped, but it did stop. It's not necessarily a proof, but it isn't a fallacy. It's just, you know, because they believe. It's a belief. You know, she believes in the Big Bang, probably. There's no proof that there's a Big Bang. That's a theory. (laughs) It's an assumption. Just like it was a theory that millions of people would die of coronavirus in the United States. And it appears that that was an incorrect theory. What was that based on? It was not based on scientific evidence. It was a hypothetical model put together by men who had been paid millions upon millions upon millions of dollars by Bill Gates. No, so I revealed it. (laughs) Both in the the university in England and the university here in the United States, both received. Millions, the one in the U.S. received hundreds of millions, the other one received millions of dollars in in England. But there were lots of other epidemiologists and other universities that were not predicting those same numbers. But the government grabbed the big ones and they held them up. And the news all grabbed that because they don't do their own research. And if Trump says something, that, and Trump was very careful to have people like Fauci come up and say these things and explain them. They're not true. And Fauci knows it. And like I pointed out before, I've got a letter that he knew this was not true back in February. But he's got some sort of agenda. I don't know what it is, and I, I don't want to create a conspiracy theory, but I know he knew it because he wrote it in a letter, and he signed the letter. <laughs> that uh, it's very possible that this doesn't have the death that because so many people have no symptoms we don 't know how many people have it. The only way to know is serology tests, and you have to have a variety there's all kinds there's over one hundred and eighty now on the market uh, so you have to use them to find out which ones are doing the best job and we got the Oregon health Authority saying don't use them. Don't use the serology test. we got doctors sitting on 100 tests. They don't want to use them because we don't know if we'll get more. They're making them by the millions. Use them. Send the reports in and find out which one, but they don't want to do that. This individual goes on to say, take this headline from the Financial Times, Coronavirus May Have Infected Half of the UK Population, Oxford Study. Yeah, it wasn't just in the, the Financial Times. It was actually in a number of different papers because this is what the serologist who had been testing one of the early serologist uh, processes of testing the blood that's what a serology test does and that was finding out they were finding out daily that all kinds of people had the antibodies already and so they came out with that statement that maybe half of the UK now they weren't saying half the UK was because they hadn't tested enough they just invented the machine two weeks before <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) the equipment. But they were testing it and their tests were showing lots of people had the virus that didn't even know they had it. They were surprised how many people were asymptomatic and were producing antibodies already. Well, did they read the Diamond Princess reports? Because they said half the people were showing little or no, no symptoms. We reported it way back in March. So we knew this was going on. But the news doesn't report it, so you don't know what's going on. They're using fear, they're using that, that, uh, logic, um, it's not, I shouldn't say logic, but the, that, uh, that uh, appeal to emotions, that pathos, to get you all worked up in fear and then control you. You know, I work sheep, and I've been teaching my kids this. You know, if we want sheep to run up a chute. What you do is you stand in front of the chute like you don't want them to run up the chute. And then you go over to the side like you're distracted and they run by you and run up the chute. Because <laughs> they think they're getting away with something. I mean, did you read 1984? <laughs> so, but the reason that you are so easily fooled is because you're not doing what God told you to do. You're not doing what Christ told you to do. You're not actually being a doer of His Word, His Logos. You're not sitting down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands and caring for one another through a daily ministration of faith, hope, and charity. You're sitting down in the masses with men who exercise authority and praying that they take away from your neighbor and the future of your children by providing you with benefits At the expense of your neighbor and your neighbor's children. That's what you're doing. You see yourself doing that. I'm pointing that out. Now you may say, oh, that's crazy. That would mean we were wrong. That we've been fooled. That we were under a strong delusion. We thought we were following the gospel. And we're not. Well, that's what it means because that's what it is. You're not following the gospel of Christ. You need to repent. Join us on the network. Go to preparingyou.com or hisholychurch.org. Join the network. Start sitting down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. And let's work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And let the Holy Spirit in. That's what we should be doing. That's what we must be doing. And if we don't do that, we have not yet repented. And so, therefore, we are in need of repentance. So, until then, may peace be with you and... And peace on your house. God bless. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services counseling lectures books and other audio materials please write to his church at summer lake box 10 summer lake oregon 97640 you can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net